You are now listening to a new episode of Canadian Gardeners, hosted by Matt and Tiffany Whitney. Hey growers, on today's episode number nine, Matt and I are talking about compost, how we compost, why we compost, and tips of composting. Compost is organic material that can be added to soil to help plants grow. Did you know the average person throws away 9% of their own body weight in waste every year? Yeah. um, If you think about throughout our whole lifetime, how much plastic waste, how much organics we've mixed into one garbage bin and it got sent out. Like Edmonton's reformed themselves. Uh, Sure Park's been doing it for years. Been doing it for a lot longer. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of like the Edmonton area. So in saying that there is there's change coming, but you know if you've got this if you've got this um, bin system already up and running in Edmonton or surrounding areas, you could use it for your own means, not give it back to the county that's going to make it or the city that's going to make it and sell it back to you, or sell it to a um, a grower or something like that. I think if you're if you're into gardening and you're putting this step or if you're making part of this step it's not hard to go the next step or next two steps to be able to use that organic waste that you produce yourself you produce yourself so um that's the biggest my biggest talking point on this part yeah let's talk about like six of our top tips for composting yeah i would say one is start with the right formula So compost ingredients include carbon, nitrogen, water, and oxygen. The lack of oxygen results in the production of greenhouse gases. So just always making sure you have a good balance of each one of them, which goes into number two for us, which would be making a little... Yeah. (laughs) Alternate layers of green and brown content to balance the compost pile. So examples of brown and green would be uh browns so leaves branches twigs um and then greens would be grass clippings fruit vegetable scraps eggshells coffee grounds yeah but <laughs> yeah so you could even like greens could be like houseplant clippings um I'm just trying like garden waste mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot you could be adding there- well I was like brown matter for like carbon too could be cardboard, paper. And even better to go past that is like if you were to work in an industry that isn't paperless and you shred paper, that could be a good brown as well. Yeah. Or um, I know we've tried it in other places where um, they do at work, they do separate their waste and then we take it home after a certain amount of time, like one place I worked, they went through, we had a lot of guys on shift and there was a lot of coffee being made every coffee break. So I would just ask to have that collected and I was using that to put in my garden. So yeah, you, you can be, the ask isn't that hard because the worst thing someone can say to you is no, right? So yeah, um, especially <laughs> when it comes to something that would just, you know, uh, fit, Kind of frustratingly go into um into the landfill and not be separated and i i think like waste like waste like that organic waste should have a half-life and it should be mandatory i i will keep speech preaching this until um i think my my, my last breath because yeah. I, I believe in this this is the fundamentals of the growing culture that we're trying to 
uh, promote and try to stay away from synthetic fertilizers. So absolutely, like car- compost reduces waste and puts it to good use. Yeah, much. like re- circle economy, it. baby. Yeah, exactly. Another tip would be keep it moist. Compost piles are like gardens; they need to be watered when they're dry. Water helps break down the organic matter. Be sure to keep your compost moist, but not wet. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've, in the last few years, we have built a few compost piles. And no way would I say I'm a professional. I think there is is a bit of a science to it and a bit of a a feeling and a learning curve. Something I'm definitely going to invest in this year is a thermometer, uh, keeping the the heat and, and the turn is probably the two hardest things I found with uh, compost piles four feet by four feet is the standard but bigger in in some in not all cases but in this case is better it helps especially with our, our how our provinces and how cold it is is to get that that thermal mass definitely for the heating because uh, it does matter there's a certain amount of moisture too that you're supposed to put into it as well um but I was I would say but the not tr- too much. You yeah. can't have it too wet. It has to be just yeah. moist. Yeah. Definitely. And another big work on that as well is breaking down the material. Like you can't have one inch, two inch thick branches. They need to be, you know, chipped up to a reasonable size. Something that, you know, you gotta understand there has to be a process of yeah. of um that heating with the with the, the materials and the the breaking down of it if if they're too solid of a material it's just going to take a a lot longer um so that's something definitely can consider that's where the time comes in with compost because there is care you can't just willy-nilly throw a bunch of stuff together and think that it's going to work that's not how compost works i should be very very clear on that yeah so it's uh, all of these tips yes yeah <laughs> and it's also it. to do your own research too there's a lot of really good stuff on youtube so i would say that would be a great place to start yeah, yeah absolutely tip number four would be turning the pile so mixing and turning your compost regularly adds oxygen and prevents greenhouse gas production it helps your compost break down faster. So that's why turning is... I kind of mentioned that yeah, before. Whoops, but, I got ahead of myself. I know, but still, well, it's a good point, though. Yeah. It's very important to keep it turned and the oxygen getting in there regularly. Mm-hmm. Number five, a really good tip is minimize pine needles. So be careful not to add too many pine needles to the mix. No more than 20% of the pile they're acidic, which can be detrimental to, to the composting process. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of pine needles around. So sometimes we even put a separate pile and just like add when we've added a lot of green mm-hmm. and yeah, really alternate the layers and just be aware of that. You don't want it too acidic. Otherwise, that's not good. I should touch on this. Um, the two tools, I, I have one, but going to get the ne- get the other one is... We have a pH soil pH tester. Yeah, um, that's pretty important. Just the, the the life cycle of it. Make sure that when when you are giving, when you're putting it into your garden, that the pH isn't out of whack, and that whatever goes in there is gonna die. Um, yeah, because you kind of want it neutral when you're adding it to the garden. Mm-hmm. More so neutral. just be careful yeah. that it's done as full heat process that it is fully broken down. 
Um, and then also the second part is a thermometer. It's just a long thermometer that you put into the pile and it's just to gauge um, what's going on when, when you have to turn it. Um, that's that's pretty important. Big. Are we on? I was like next? tip number okay. six. The last one is a healthy compost equals a healthy garden. What you feed the compost is what you're feeding your plants. Yeah. It's kind of like that, that, the agit, um, you are what you eat. Um, 100%. Type of thing. But yeah, it's important. I think if you want to eat high quality food, there's a, a level of um, soil care that has to come with it for sure. Um, yeah, because soil health is number one in getting the most yield and nutrient dense veggies out of the garden. I want to mention a few things too, because it's not everyone has the same situation that we do. Like we have, um, we have three acre acreage. So for us, um, for us, a skid steer churning the compost would be realistic because we have, um, our food forest and a few other projects, but for people that are, um, in the city or heck you could probably do it on a balcony is uh, compost uh, tumblers are a good option uh, to look into um, it could probably handle a few people in a household kind of thing one tumbler yeah um, and it breaks it down pretty quick and uh, you would see I think you see quite a bit of success and you can actually get tumblers that have two stages so you have one that's further along and another one that you're starting because as you, you there's a point where you have to stop adding and just let it compost because once you add new material to it you've just started the, the program again yeah so you got to be aware of that as well uh, and then that newer broken that newer material that's trying to break down it's going to take longer so it's just going to take longer for you to get um the paid dirt essentially so uh, we're, we definitely are going to try some different options. Like for us, we have verma, uh, composting. composting so we yeah. use earthworms. That is a great way of doing it. Which have, I'll just add a point mm, that uh, if you are even on an apartment or house, oh, townhouse, that would be ideal to start with. It's so easy. Mm -hmm. Doesn't smell. You don't have to do much work. There's like there's a little bit of a bug thing. If you've got any kind of bug phobias, I definitely don't think that would be the right option for you. Uh, composting on the same too. Yeah. Like there can be issues with bugs as well. I guess on both of those options, if you're a little squirmish on that end, yeah, be well, careful. Of course there's going to be bugs around like you're dealing with decay, death, yeah. composting. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> reality. Of part of it. It's just part of it. It's a cycle of life. Full circle. Okay, so we were on a point of talking about the tumbler, the tumbler, and then the options that come with that. So there's building a compost pile at you know, four feet by four feet, minimally, minimum, and, yes. or go larger. And then there's the tumbler for smaller dwellings would definitely be a good option. Um, you can also I've seen pallets being made. Like a pallet's roughly four feet by four feet. So essentially building a square with an opening where you can fill that up. That's a great option. Uh, we've tried that with minimum success. Uh, like I said, our our volume is a little bit larger than than most. So like we try to we try to find efficiencies and try to make it sure that it works. This is probably our third year of composting. Yeah. And um, our volumes when we first started was probably. 20 30 pounds yeah, we've gotten a little bit much. bigger now because now we're talking to neighbors 
getting horse manure and talking to other vendors. Um, yeah. For example, like collecting uh, more waste, collecting more waste, just by just the ask, see if people are willing, like Tiffany's work contributes a lot of carbon uh, paper, paper, shredded paper. shredded paper that it, um, contributes to our worm farm. So you can find ways you can find ways of getting inputs and, and also doing some good for the environment and think that like where would have this gone if it w if you wouldn't have done it like yeah. I, I know like edmonton system's gotten a lot better but, but um they still have a long way to go they have also a long way to go and i think that you as um anyone as a gardener this is a valuable skill this is a very important skill this is one that we didn't learn first and I, I, I look back to it, I kind of wish that we, you know, if we would obviously taken the course, it probably would have helped us. But we just wanted, we found our own way. We, 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 we learn we by learn, doing. Learn yeah. by doing. And there's, there's no, there's no bad in that either. There's no wrong in that. So, What's important is that we're doing it. And we hope that if you are wanting to be an organic grower, that this is something that you would definitely consider doing mm -hmm. for yourself. Yeah. And can't stress, can't stress anymore is uh, if you're going to go organic and you're going to spend all that money on maybe possibly raised planter boxes or you're going to do it in ground or you're going to try no-till um, or you're going to have earthworms and stuff like that. Um, you can't use synthetic fertilizers that you see from big box stores. It just, it doesn't compute. They're high in salt. They'll just, they'll give you more grief than they're worth um in the long run yeah. in the long run if you're looking at uh fertilizing type techniques is looking into maybe um worm extracts or um worm teas or things like that we've i've looked into that and i've read a couple books on it now and i would say that is where we are going uh, i'll be honest with you i'm not going to recommend something that i've never done before because that's just not the way that we are. So we are going to be experimenting with teas and things like that. That also puts you in the organic world. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I don't want to get too much into that because that's a segment in its own. Absolutely. But, I think that's a lot of good advice about compost and to let everyone, the listeners know kind of how we're doing it and take what they can with what we've used and go from there mm -hmm. is there anything that you think that the listeners would appreciate in the compost realm or the gardening realm of what we do what is being done in our farm or our acreage we kind of gave it away with our six tips there <laughs> yeah like yeah, our secrets cool. yeah just using brown and green having water having oxygen yeah. Turning it, don't let it, keeping it moist, and yeah, and the major work it. in composting, I think I mentioned this before, is the breaking down of the material uh, to the smallest. I guess that you can get it at uh, would would be the the, the the variable quicker to get the yeah brown to get the, yeah to get it all product, the mix yeah. yeah and then um, the turn is another. Uh, tough thing. So, because if you've got a big four by four heaping amount of uh, decaying debris <laughs> and you have to put into another 
area or have to move it or just put it right next to it. That's a lot of work. And I've done it a few times. Yes. It's 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 a couple hours of like hard work. But it's in some worth cases. It no, sure. I'm not yeah. and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there is alternatives depending on your situation. If you can use mechanical means, obviously that is awesome because it's it'll it'll save your back. A tumbler in a um, mm -hmm. smaller setting. I'm planning on building a couple uh, 55 liter plastic tumblers that I saw on Pinterest. Just to try, try it out, see if the system works. Because yeah. if the system works, then it's scalable. Oh, then I can try it and make it larger and and and, and go from there. Or if I this vermicomposting we've looked at, um, what's it called? Like sifters? No, I was gonna oh. say, you remember I was telling you the idea of getting old um, bathtubs oh, and yeah. then filling it up with worms. Oh, yes. And then that's how you'd load it up. Yeah. So I've seen that system work really well. Um, but that was more tropical. Um, yeah, so yeah. those are the options of kind of where you can go on, you know, breaking down the matter. Worms or the heat of the sun and moisture content and again, the turn. Yeah. yeah, so join us along in this journey this spring and summer. And yeah. You'll see how ours turn out. Like, I'm going to be talking about compost piles probably this whole summer, building them, talking about them, how I'm approaching it, if things go wrong, or how yeah. I could have fixed them, or failures and wins. Yeah, because that's the way it goes with gardening, especially when you're rolling with the punches, right? Yeah. So. I think that's all. That's a good. That's a good run. I think we rambled on long enough <laughs> for today. Yeah. Until next time, see you, growers. See you guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Canadian Gardeners. Tune in next week. Yeah.